Hey, thanks for joining us for Digging Deeper. This past Sunday, we looked at the idea of Jesus being the gate and um, talked about that by entering through the gate, we become holy in Christ. We become sanctified. We become justified. And, and actually what we're entering into at the end of John 10, 9 there, it says um, you will find pasture. And... I want to talk about that pasture a little bit, that pasture as the presence of God, the idea that through Christ we can actually enter into the presence of God. I think a lot of times we emphasize the aspect of Jesus as the gate means that I'll be in heaven one day with God. Um, but Jesus as the gate also means that we can be in God's presence here and now. And I want to um, really just maybe press into that a little bit about what are we really talking about when we talk about in this life, in this world, being in God's presence, practicing the presence of God. And there's a, a great old book written by a guy named Brother Lawrence called actually The Practice of the Presence of God. I, I would encourage you to read it if you haven't or um, maybe if you had to pull it out again. But I want to read you this quote from his book, The Practice of the Presence of God. Because I think it gives us a template, a picture of what we're really talking about when we say the presence of God in this world. And so, so this is the quote from, from the book, The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. It says this, that there needed neither art nor science for going to God, but only a heart resolutely determined to apply itself to nothing but Him or for his sake, and to love him only. Going into that pasture, that open place where, where God is, into the presence of God, there's nothing magical that we need to do to enter into that. It's, it's not, you know, the spiritualist things of, of um, just kind of really trying to make something special happen through anything we do, it really truly is an inner disposition. If you want to be in God's presence in your daily life and every moment, it starts here. It starts with a heart that's determined to seek nothing but God, to, to put effort into nothing but being in God's presence or to put effort into doing things for God's sake and God's sake only. It starts with a heart that's focused on love for God above all else. You know, in, in that book, Brother Lawrence talks about the thing that most commonly pulled him out of God's presence. And, and it, he, he says in there that um, he would find himself drifting out of God's presence when he determined to do things for his own sake. In essence, what he was saying, when I made it all about me, I found myself falling out of the presence of God. But when I make it all about God, I find myself in his presence. You know, we talk about simple things like even saying grace or praying before a meal. Oftentimes we kind of look at that as, well, that's an obligation. That expresses my gratitude. That, that's something that you have to do. That's a way to honor God. But you know what even beneath that is? Is simply acknowledging that as I sit at this table to eat this meal, two things I want you to know, God. Number one, I know that you're the provider. And number two, I want to remember that you're here with me. 
Think about Revelation where it talks about the, the wedding feast of the Lamb. Think about in Psalm 23 where it says that He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Think about Jesus at the Last Supper breaking bread. How often does Scripture use dining together as a metaphor of God's presence? And, and so maybe one of the simple things we can do is to say, I'll make a commitment to acknowledge that you are present with me, with us here at this table. Uh, an acknowledgement that will go beyond acknowledging that you're the provider for it, but actually that you are in this place. You are here with us. Your presence is manifest with us in this place. And so I don't want this idea of being in God's presence to feel like some super high capacity, super Christian mentality, something that can only be achieved by those who have somehow reached this mountaintop of faith or, or through some, some mystical experience in no other way. I, I want to kind of help us see that being in God's presence is not about enticing God to come to us, but it's about acknowledging what is reality, which is He's already here. And so the practice of the presence of God, praying the presence of God, is actually more about praying awareness of His presence, seeking to remind ourselves that He is present and be aware of that in the moment, than it is about enticing God or manipulating God or begging God or asking God to come into our presence. And, and so really what we're talking about is living in the reality that God is always present with us. The issue isn't finding a way to get God to be present to us. The issue is finding a way for our hearts and our minds to be aware of that truth, even in the face of, of all the stuff that bombards us here. You know, I, I look in my own life and I think about the times that frustration or, or anger or worry or anxiety or desires just take me out of the awareness of God's presence. I become focused on something that's not eternal in the present moment because I feel like if I can resolve this thing, I'll find some satisfaction or I might feel more security or somebody's going to notice me or I'll be more significant. When the reality is, the common denominator in that is always me, not God. And so even in your troubled times, even in the difficulties, even in the hard experiences, I really truly believe that we can train ourselves to be aware of God's presence in that. And, and I mentioned Psalm 139.7 as a prayer, but I want to read you more than just that one verse, because these verses in Psalm 139, starting at verse 1, actually are a way for us to understand and in a way that God tells us the reality of His constant presence with us. And so the task of practicing the presence of God isn't about enticing God to come, but it's about being aware of this truth that I'm about to read you. So I'm going to go to Psalm 139. I'm going to start at verse 1 and read down. And it says this in verse 1, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. That speaks to presence. You are actually within me, God. You know me in ways I don't know myself. You have searched me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. Now, let me ask you a question. If somebody's not with you, how do they know when you're sitting down or, or getting out of bed? Think how unsettling it would be if you got a text 
while you're in your house, you walk into the living room, you sit down in your recliner and you get a text and it says, yeah, I know you just sat down. Or you wake up in the morning and the first thing you see is a text from somebody that arrives in that moment. I see you waking up. But here's where it gets even deeper and better into the inner person. You understand my thought from afar. So our thoughts are our own. They're personal. But God understands them from His place of omniscience over all things. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Think about that intimately acquainted with all my ways. That word, that phrase, intimately acquainted, not only does it apply that I know what you're doing and how you're walking and where you're going, but I know why. Think about that for a minute. Because God is present to us, not only does He see the ways we walk and the things we do, but He actually knows our motivations and our whys. And then verse 4, it goes on. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. That's presence. That's deep presence, even down to the place of thought, idea, belief. You have enclosed me behind and before, and you laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. That, verse 6, is the place where when our hearts can say with integrity, the fact that you are aware of me and always present with me is too wonderful for me. When we get to the place where that reality strikes us the same way it hit the psalmist here, then we are on the verge of being aware of God's presence in all things. It goes on, it says, It is too high, I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed, and, and by the way, in verse 8 there where it says, if I ascend to heaven, what he's talking about is the heaven being the atmospheres in, in the Hebrew sense. If I go to the loftiest heights, if, if I get on a plane and go to the edge of the atmosphere, you're there. Or if I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. Sheol to a, a Jew would have been the place where dead people are. I'm not talking about hell here. They would have used the word Gehenna for hell. But Sheol is, is the grave. So if I'm in the grave, you're there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. So I want to stop there in verse 11. But think about that. Or excuse me, verse 10. But think about that. Even if I am the furthest, remotest place I can dream of on the planet, your hand will lead me your right hand will lay hold of me. So when we talk about being in God's presence, praying about being aware of God's presence, praying into God's presence, the outcome of that will be this. His hand is going to lead you. He's going to point and direct you in everything that you walk in in your life. And He is going to hold on to you and never let go. Now, think about that concept, that idea, that truth, that reality the next time you find yourself in a troubling situation where you feel alone, where you feel isolated, where you feel like nobody knows you, where you feel like nobody cares, where you feel like you are standing on an island by yourself. The truth of it is that God has laid His hand on you. He is holding you with His hand. Your job in that moment to experience that is to simply be aware. That's what it means to be in the presence of God. Turn your awareness to the reality of His presence that's far greater 
than the lesser reality of your circumstances. I hope that's helpful. I hope that that gives you a sense of what it means to find pasture, to go through that gate and to be in God's presence. And I'll say this again, I'll reiterate it. There is no pathway to be in God's presence other than through Jesus. I think the problem, we recognize that as the church. We all know that. As Christians, we know there's no way to God except through Christ. I think the part that we miss is this idea of, oh, and by the way, according to Psalm 139, verses 1 through 10, not only will I be present with Him one day, but I am present with Him today. And so let's emphasize that side of our salvation, that we have the right, through Jesus the gate, to experience God's presence in our everyday lives in the most mundane things. I hope that's helpful. I hope you have a great time in your group. Pastor James has written some great questions for you to engage. I just kind of wanted to give a framework of, of maybe some thoughts to press into, to wrestle with. But um, I encourage you to dive into those questions, have some open and honest and transparent conversation, and I know you'll be blessed by it. Let me pray for you. Father, we're grateful that through Jesus the gate, we have access to your presence here and now, God. And, and Lord, I just pray that you make us a people who live into that. Make us so aware of it that we walk in your presence, feel it, we understand it, we know it, we experience it in ways that we can't even fathom. But God, we're so, so thankful for the truth of your presence available to us through Jesus. And I pray that you give us hearts that seek it and minds that grasp it so that we can experience it in the most mundane things of our lives. We ask all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great time in your groups.